Welcome to the Film Sessions podcast today. We are excited to feature Daniela Inez Calvo. Daniela, I knew it. I, I got it. I was like, <laughs> that, that's from my abuela. So proud of you. That's from my abuela. <laughs> so, uh, Daniela, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. So, I am born and raised in Miami. My parents are immigrants from Argentina. I studied film production at the University of Florida in Gainesville in North Florida. And I've been a writer-director for a couple of years now, and I moved out to Los Angeles a year ago, actually. So I'm now based out of Los Angeles. Wow. Okay. Callie, I respect Hi. that. How's that going? I love it here. Honestly, <clears throat> I moved a year ago and I've been working, I was working as like as a production assistant for a while. And I was trying to find a job as a writer's assistant, like in a t television writer's room. That's like why I came out here, because I had interned for a television writer in college. And she told me like, oh, if you come out here, like I can, you know, try to get you work as a writer's assistant. And it's funny because a year ago is when it already kind of started feeling the effects of the oncoming strike. And people started talking about it and this and that. And it's funny because when I moved out here, I was still in my graduate program. Like I was still finishing up my master's in business. So I got like my undergrad in film, master's in business. And then by December, I graduated like with my master's in business online. And I had been production assistant for like six months already out here. And it was fun being on set, learning a lot, meeting people. Um, but it just, I, I realized like I needed to shift gears because I heard about this oncoming strike and I was like, I don't think I'm going to get work as a writer's assistant for, for a while. So I wanted to, <clears throat> I do still want to write comedy uh, for television. So I took up stand-up comedy. So now I'm a stand-up comedian and I still obviously really want to like write and direct, but it's just how I've shifted because in Los Angeles, like all the work has stopped, like all the filming has stopped. It's been very discouraging for a lot of people, but I got really lucky that I heard about the strike oncoming sooner. So around like January, I, I decided to like pivot and I write all the time and it's great because I'm writing all the time and I'm getting like immediate feedback from from the crowds and it's really cool. It's I love it. And hopefully when the strike is over, I can get back into a writer's room and I can get back into like being a writer's assistant and we'll see where that goes. Queen, I love it. Look at you. Um, that's crazy. Like, that's awesome. I love that. Um, man, stand up comedy. I, I like Irish. I respect that. It's a shift that I needed to happen because if not, I would be stuck like everybody else. Like if I had continued being a production assistant on set, eventually those jobs dried up. There's nothing going on in that area right now, um, even less in a writer's room. So I just realized like I'm going to have to pivot. And it's funny because my short film for this festival is a horror short. <clears throat> and so I really look up to like Jordan Peele, for example, that he, he knows how to do comedy and he knows how to do horror. And he talks a lot about how like comedic timing and, and timing for drama and horror are actually very similar. Like it's very innately the same same rhythm. It's, it's always, there's always a music to it. And so I think it helps. I think like both sides of the genres like help. And I love that I, I submitted a horror for this because all throughout college I did comedic sketches, comedic uh, short films. And so my, my last film for college was this car keys, like horror about a just girl, a girl walking home to her car and how terrifying that could be. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll write horror again one day, but I'm really in my comedy, my comedy era right now. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, um, 
I definitely, you know, get that with the whole timing of comedy, and but also with horror. So you mentioned your film uh, Car Keys. So what would you say is your message to your audience? So Car Keys, basically, it's it's this girl trying to walk home to her car at night, and all the things that could go wrong, or all the different ways that she could be kidnapped. And it's only the five. I only show five different ways that she can get kidnapped.、Um, There's an endless amount of like sex trafficking methods that are used, especially like in parking garages. And the message that I want the audience to leave with is that it's not her fault. Because even in the end of the film, like spoiler alert, there's there's no happy ending. She keeps she's just stuck in this loop where she gets keeps getting kidnapped over and over again,、um, in a different way every time. And and she tries something different every time, and then she just always gets caught. And so that's something that we talked about like with my creative team is like we don't want her to get away with it. We want her to. Unfortunately, let's not have this like success story that you know we just leave it with like oh we don't know how it ends or we don't know if <clears throat> she escapes or not. But I want the audience to feel like damn like she's doing everything she could. She's doing absolutely everything in her power to get home safe and to communicate with her loved ones like where she is at and 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 that she's doing her best. But it's not her fault. And so I think when you're watching it, at least the times that I've watched it with a、like, crowd. Um, people start yelling at the screen like, "No, like don't do that!" Or like, "Oh, she's so stupid!" This and that. Oh, that's so silly! Why would you do that? And it's a lot of like victim blaming going on. I think there's a lot of that. Like, "Oh, she should have thought of this, or she should have thought of that, or that's so silly." And we do that all the time. So like, women do that all the time、um, to ourselves. Like, we blame ourselves for like the situations that happen to us.、Um, and so the message is to not victim blame, obviously, and to realize that like. As much as she can do everything that she can possibly think of, we just live in an unsafe world. Like we just, there's a lot that needs to be done to create a safer environment for women walking to their cars at night. Like maybe it's not on her. Maybe it's the fact that like why, why are these things happening to women? Like why are who's who's doing men? Men are doing this to women.、Um, it's just like a obviously men are also victims of like assault and abuse and all these things, and that's. Something that we have to talk about as well, but it's like statistically just so much more unsafe for women than it is for men. And this is like in a first world country, but obviously in third world countries it's even worse. Like we were just talking earlier, like、um, you said, your family's from Colombia, and like my family's from Argentina, and it's even way less unsafe there. Like I could never dream of like even getting into a taxi in Argentina.、Um, and like I have friends back there, back home, that like they can't do much like going out on their own because it's just. There's a lot of like femicides, which are called like female homicides.、Um, <clears throat> that's a term called in Spanish femicidio. And so it's a five minute short. That's really short and sweet. But I just want people to have that conversation after the short of like, damn. No matter what she does, no matter how many times I tell my daughter to be safe, my sister to be safe, my mom to be safe, my aunt to be safe. Like, there's just always that existing danger, and we have to figure out how to how to actually at the source stop that problem. Yeah, no, I、um, I completely agree with that. You know, having obviously aunts and a sister and a mom, like I I get it. I you know it's with you know my sister's older than me, but my mom still does the whole like oh you know like do this do that do this do that. So like and I obviously I still get it, but not as much as my sister. But I definitely do understand, and you know I can tell that this is a. Something that definitely like hits home to you. So, what would you say is、um, whether it was a show, movie,、uh, music, video, anything? 
what would you say was something that in, inspired you to make this uh, short film? Yes, so there is an Oscar-nominated short film called Two Distant Strangers, and it's starring Joey Badass, and it's on Netflix, and it's like, I think, maybe 12 minutes long. And it's basically very similar structure. That's what inspired me to make this film. It's a loop that start over and over again. It's a loop. Um, this It's a black man trying to leave his apartment. Well, an apartment where he slept over at a girl's house. He's trying to leave that apartment in New York, I think. He's trying to leave in the morning and he's trying to get home to his dog because he needs to feed the dog. And as he's leaving his apartment in the morning, <clears throat> he gets stopped by a white police officer. And the police officer just like interrogates him like, oh, where are you going? What you have? Da, da, da. Or like, so he gets shot, right? He gets shot, he dies. He wakes up right back in the bed with the girl. And he has deja vu and he's like, what's going on? And so the same thing kind of happens in my film with the girl. Like she has deja vu. Like I didn't realize what uh, that's starting over again. So every time he goes out into the street, the white police officer finds a different reason to shoot him. It's either because he bumps into another person or because he... Um, I think like uh, somebody like yells at him something or it was just like very small, like circumstantial things that gave the police officer a reason to be suspicious, quote unquote suspicious. Um, and he's stuck in this loop. And and uh, when I watched that, I was like, wow, there's nothing he can do because he's being so polite to the police officer. He tries talking to him in different instances, um, different iterations of the short. He tries talking to him like, hey, man, like, it's all good. Like, I don't mean no harm. Like, I don't. And it's just like not in his power. It's just not up to him. It's just not. Um, so obviously it's a commentary on police brutality and on just being a black man in America and how how so much of it is just not in your control. And that's why I really wanted my short film to be a woman of color starring the, um, the short because statistically the missing person cases of women of color are severely like under under searched. Um, Versus when there's like a white woman missing, like the entire National Coast Guard comes on on, on on the scene. So yeah, it's Two Distant Strangers. It's on Netflix. It's starring Joey Badass. Highly recommend it. I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Like it definitely um, sounds cool. So it's definitely something I would uh, definitely uh, give a look at. So do you have any plans as of right now to make any future movies? So I saw that um, Swift partners with Amazon Prime and um, because I was like a nominee for like the best super short quarter finalist, then I do qualify to like apply for Amazon Prime distribution if I have a feature. So I just learned that recently that um, it has to be like a 40 minute feature. And that's really interesting, honestly inspiring. I mean, I was writing a TV pilot a couple months ago before the writer's strike. Um, I wanted to apply to like mentoring programs, like writing mentoring programs. But now with this strike on pause and everyone just kind of turning to other projects, I I do want to turn it into a feature probably. Um, and it's basically about an undocumented Latina in college who's about to turn 21 and she's about to lose um, her dependency on her parents' work visa. And her is a comedy so her her idea is to like bring an american citizen home to her noche buena dinner and convince her entire family like i should marry this person like we need to all get on board and so i was thinking like okay why wouldn't the family be on board like what's like um a reason that would cause like some friction there and what can i 
what controversial topic can I talk about or what message can I bring to the table? Because I love to do that. And so I was thinking like, you know, within the Hispanic community, we don't talk enough about um, colorism and the racism that exists with it, like even between different Hispanics. And so I was thinking that the, um, the Hispanic girl that would get she would be like a white Hispanic. And I want her to bring a black guy home. I want her to bring like a black Muslim guy home who like, even though he's like a great guy, super educated, super kind, super nice, not that any of that should matter, right? But the family just sounds like a tough time. Like, what do you mean? Like, and which is obviously not talked about enough that like that's, um, there's that colorism there. And so that creates a lot of like comedic uh, content and the conversation of colorism within Hispanic communities. So that's what I'm writing. That's what I've been writing, but I can turn it into a feature. I can see that happening. I can see that that turning into a longer film. And I'm excited to one day apply for this Amazon Prime distribution. I think it's a great opportunity. Thank you guys so much for providing that for us and for having me on this podcast. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Of course. No, I, um, as soon as you were talking about like family and like little Latina, I was like, yep, I exactly literally what it is. It's like, uh, the telenovela, just like, okay. Like, you know, like all that kind of like the, like the, the drama and like all that like my grandma i would always like come home from school and she'd be watching those and i'm like okay so i like i definitely get that and i think it, it's you know it's a good idea i think it's hilarious you know it's a it's a very good topic to speak about so lastly um what would you say is one piece of advice uh that you would give to aspiring filmmakers that either you learned or that through your experience you would say to someone um so i went to school in north florida which is very different from miami where i grew up very different from south florida um south florida is very hispanic and north florida is very predominantly white so my classmates was all very predominantly white and it was very hard for me to feel like safe in those spaces um so <clears throat> and it was very hard for me to feel like it's okay for me to be authentic and honest with my voice and my perspective. So that that would be my advice to like my younger self of like the more specific you can get, the more honest you can get about your lived experience or about someone very close to you lives experience, the better because um, that's the art that speaks to people. Even if they haven't been through that specifically, if you're being very genuine and very honest of like, this is exactly what I feel or what I'm thinking or what I'm going through, people will relate to that and people will empathize with that. And I think that empathy is um, a huge, has a huge impact in, in filmmaking and in art in general. If we can learn to empathize with others, we can learn to understand each other better and we can learn to tolerate each other better. So I would say like, don't be afraid to be very, very honest and very specific about what you're going through um, or what um, story you want to tell because it needs to be heard. We need to hear every, like everyone has a very specific story to tell um, and a very specific point of view and a very specific upbringing that needs to be shared and needs we need that representation. So don't be scared to be as specific and as honest as possible is my advice. I love it, I love it. That, that was awesome. Well, Daniela, thank you so much for joining the Film Sessions podcast today. I wanna, congratulate you on being a part of the festival um it was lovely having you um i want to wish you the best of luck you know you have that 
very lively and just like you know personality that i can just tell like it's a very you know you got it you you got exactly what you need and i want to wish you the best of luck in not just the festival but also with your stand-up comedy and also with your writing um you know in the <laughs> 15 minutes of us speaking i can definitely tell you have that positive can-do attitude and i admire that so just best of luck thank you man it's been such a pleasure talking to you honestly like um everything you've said like really means a lot to me because it's like okay okay it's impacting people okay good we keep, we keep going we keep going so thank you so much even just sharing like your point of view and how like your colombian family also um impacts how you you <clears throat> uh, interpret like what i'm saying in the art that i'm trying to make so it was such a pleasure meeting you sebastian and i wish you the best of luck with the rest of the interviews of course thank you so much you have a good day daniela you too bye take care